This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome everybody to a Thursday best of edition of Talkback. And uh, Talkback is brought to you this morning by Phillips Janitorial offering residential and commercial cleaning. And there, of course, no job is too big or too small for Phillips Janitorial. Give them a call today, 406-260-6617. Also brought to you by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. No matter how cold it's going to get this week and this weekend, yes, Gomer's has everything you need to make sure your rig starts every time. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Service, Palmer and West Broadway. Also brought to you by Y West Storage out at the Y on Two Smokes Way. Call for availability. Uh, they have a, a, a unit for you. Here's the number, 406 406- Five one zero zero five nine zero. We're at Y West. They're making room for you. And finally, brought to you by Harrington Surgical Supply, where their mission remains the same: to restore confidence and comfort into your daily life. The views and opinions expressed on Talkback are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Once again, this is a best of Talkback. No phone calls, please. Okay, glad to have you along, everybody. Glad, uh, uh, glad that uh, we have Ryan Bussey here in the studio with us this morning, and Nick Christensen over there taking your phone calls and producing Talkback. Ryan Bussey is a candidate for governor on the Democratic ticket, and uh, just recently declared. And uh, first of all, welcome to welcome to Missoula, and welcome to the show. Hey guys, I uh, really appreciate you having me. Um, always good to come down here to Missoula. I drove down from the Flathead today. We've had some rainy, dreary weather up there, and you guys have this bright sunshine down here today. It's pretty nice. <laughs> we held it out just for you. Yeah, well, I'm sure you did. <laughs> Roll, rolled out the sunshine in Missoula. That's good stuff. Absolutely. So tell us about Ryan Bussey. A lot of folks have not heard that name before, and uh, especially someone who's running for governor. So go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I grew up on a on a cattle ranch and a wheat farm, you know, pulling calves and driving John Deere tractors around in circles and squares. I've lived in Montana about 30 years, uh, all of it in the Flathead Valley. Um, I, I uh, graduated from a real small rural public school with 16 kids, um, believe in public schools, believe that we have to fund them and believe that they're under threat. Um my kids are public school, products of public schools uh, in Kalispell. Um, I was board chair of Montana Conservation Voters. I've been board chair of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. I, I love to hunt and fish. And um, I spent 25 years in the firearms industry. That's my professional history. I was a sales executive in the firearms industry. And so um, I'm running for governor because I believe that our state's in peril. I think a lot of us feel the Montana that we love uh, kind of being torn from our hands and I don't think that's something that's happening to us. I think it's something that's being done to us. And I believe the Gian Forte administration and this Republican supermajority are, are dangerous to our Montana way of life. And I'm, I'm uh, running to make a change. All right. So what what has been the response so far? By, by the way, the phone lines are open. If you would like to, that's why Ryan is here in person. He'd like to answer your phone calls and your questions about uh, about state government and why he wants to run for governor. So those phone lines are open at 721-1290. What, what kind of response have you gotten so far? Obviously, uh, your your name is new. You're, you're a political newcomer, basically, here in, uh, in Montana. So uh, how's it going so far? It's been amazing. Um, I encourage everybody to look at our website. It's bussy, B-U-S-S-E, for Montana.com. You'll see on there our launch video, and that launch video has been viewed about a million and a half times now. Wow. It's amazing. I don't think I, – I don't know of another another launch video out of Montana or, frankly, any other state that's been viewed a million and a half times. So 
I encourage everybody to go take a peek at that. That's just kind of a day in the life of, of our family. Um, I've been doing events. I launched September 14th. I've been doing events all across the state. Um, heck, I was in Glasgow and Miles City and Glendive and Haver all last week. I'll be here in Missoula today. I'm in Butte this afternoon. I'm in Bozeman tomorrow. I've been doing this now for, what, now five or six weeks. The first just two weeks of the campaign, we had about 2,100 people donate, sign up. Uh, we raised a lot of money, and we've been doing it ever since. And at every event, you ask about the events, Peter, at every event, it's been, the energy is amazing. Um, there is a lot of desire, a lot of worry. Um, again, people feel that Mont- the Montana that they know and love, it, there's something going on. It's being sold off to billionaires. People, the affordability problem is is terrible uh, here. And um, there's so many other things that are, you know, policies they just don't agree with. So <clears throat> I think we can do a lot better, and, and the people have responded so far. All right. And we're going to take a quick break now. This is a best of talk back. And uh, please, no phone calls. We'll continue. We will have a live portion from 930 until 10. We'll be visiting with uh, with uh, a professional from Missoula Community Medical Center. That's Dr. Taryn Warrest uh, talking about bariatric weight loss surgery. And again, that'll be live from 930 until 10. But from now until then, we'll have a best of talk back. Dennis Bragg in the Town Square Weather Center. Snow the main feature today with storm warnings and one to three inches expected in the valley. Some higher amounts, especially in northwest Montana and the mountains along the border. Arctic air will continue to push over the divide, driving overnight lows into Friday morning as cold as four below, but dangerous wind chills as low as 26 below. Snow tapers off Friday morning, although we could see additional snow. And then we'll have to deal with very gusty winds. Saturday night looks the coldest. Lows in Missoula down to 22 below and highs not breaking zero. We continue now with the best of talk. Back, no phone calls, please. 90 is our number, and we have Ryan Bussey joining us here in the studio, running for governor. And he's uh, targeting, of course, uh, Governor Greg Gianforte. But we have callers that want to visit with you. So let's jump right in first and say good morning to Emmett. Emmett, you're on with Ryan Bussey. What's your question? Well, I'm kind of interesting. It's great to talk to you. It's fascinating. But I am confused. My question is, how do you feel that public schools in Montana are threatened by a Republican administration? They're never going to go away. You know, Sentinel High School and all the other public schools, they're not going away. I think the problem is we've had too many public schools, the indoctrination, the homosexualization, and a lot of things that parents are very concerned about, Christian students being persecuted. I'm all for, you know, school vouchers to send your your children to Catholic schools or private schools. I'm all for homeschooling because I think that public school has been part of the problem. They're never going to go away. They just need some competition. I also think, of course, how do you – I was kind of confused also on your comment about high property taxes. Are you for high property taxes or against them or against the suing? Because I do pay – um, hard rent, uh, some bad rent, and our property taxes do need to be lowered. And I do do believe that um, we need less government intrusion in our life, not okay. more. We need to be more free of the federal <clears throat> government, live our own lives, and especially away from the public schools. You can send your kids to a public school if you want, but you should have a choice. It's not a radical thing. It's not threatening public schools. I don't think that behemoth is ever going to go away. So how would you answer my questions? How would you right. make let's, our state more conservative? Let's, Thank you. Well, okay, let's let's let him answer that. Go ahead, Ryan. Hey, I mean, appreciate you calling in today. Um, I guess I'll start with the schools first. Hey, 
I graduated with 16 kids and um, 16 out of 16 of us and went to, went on to enjoy secondary education. Some of us went to trade school. Some of us went to college. Some of us went to junior college. And that happened very simply because we were products of a vibrant public school system, a well-funded public school system. I guess you and I are going to have to agree to disagree here. Um, look, we have 1,004 teacher vacancies in our public school system in Montana right now. That's not that, – that's abysmal. That's dangerous. Um, every single kid in this state deserves the opportunity for a vibrant, healthy public school experience. Um, we, we owe it to them, and we constitutionally owe it to them. Now, where you and I agree – I, I think uh, school choice, uh, as far as that statement goes, is a good thing. But using public funds for school choice is dangerous. It shouldn't happen. It will it will threaten our public schools. Um, every other state that has tried this, it has gone down this road to privatization, where you pull money from public schools to hand it to private institutions. The public school system has deteriorated greatly. It's happening in Ohio right now. Ohio is marching down this path. Uh, just a few years ago, they were number five in public education in the United States. They're already down to number 25, and it's happened in just a few years. So I'm an ardent public school champion. I believe every single kid deserves a, a well-funded public school. And this stuff that the Republican supermajority, not Republicans, but the Republicans, a small slice of Republican supermajority and our governor are doing, are marching down the pro- path to privatization, and I'm not in favor of it. What was your view of the Espinoza uh, Supreme Court case decision? Well, I don't, you know... The Espinoza case, obviously, um, having to do with Cal- uh, that originates um, somebody from Kalispell, Flathead Valley. Um, I think that I think that the the right to do it versus whether um, a state proceeds with it is are two different things. And so, I think that we ought to do everything possible as a state to maintain fully funded, um, you know, focused public school education and not divert uh, monies away, not public school money or public. Uh, funds for okay. Government. All right, let's get Ed on the line. Ed, good morning. You're on Talk Back with Ryan Bussey. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go okay. ahead, Ed. Okay, great. Hi, Ryan. Um, hey, uh, I agree with you on a lot of things, but I do have a uh, issue that's uh, cropping up. I thought it was going to be done a few years ago up in the Flathead Valley. One of my uh, Jewish friends was harassed by Andrew Anglin of the Daily Stormer, and the Flathead Valley did get behind her, Governor Gianforte, and a lot of other people. And I think you know who I'm talking about. I don't want to yep. mention the person's name. Yep, yep she's a friend. Uh, yep. But I mean, and she and she and she did win a 14 million dollar lawsuit. She'll never see a penny of it. However, I'm Jewish. We have had horrible, horrible demonstrations here in Missoula. I feel like I am a target. I am checking into getting security in my home. Um, I am uh, sending money over to Israel to rabbis over there. A friend of mine who was originally from Kalispell uh, now lives in Israel. He's uh, spending time in France with his uh, mother-in-law, his wife and uh, kids, wants to go back to Israel. He's short on money. This is not getting out there. It's very dangerous to be a Jew in Montana right now. I saw the demonstrations by the white supremacists in front of the Reformed Synagogue in Missoula. Um, the FBI uh, made uh, various people aware of the danger of demonstrations. These pro-Palestinians, people who uh, Hamas, that uh, I'm, I'm rattling on. I'm very emotional about this. I'm very, you know, I'm, you know, you know. Right now, the state of Montana has a great relationship 
with uh, Israel uh, trading partners. Uh, Gianforte does have a great relationship with the Jewish community. Where do you stand on this? All and right. how are you going to protect people like me? Hey, and right. uh, thanks for the call. A, you know, like a minority, like people of color calling in, they deserve compassion and protection and full rights, too. Uh, I'll get off my soapbox. Oh, that that's okay. Well, we're up against a break, but I want to give Ryan plenty of time to answer your very good questions. So we're going to come right back after this quick break. He'll uh, he'll talk to uh, your concerns, and we also have Al and Jeff both waiting on the line for Ryan Bussey running for governor on the Democratic ticket. Uh, give us a call, 721-1290. Uh, we'll get you in the queue as quickly as we can. And we'll be back with the best of talk back after this. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your social security number or other personal information and tell you that your social security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your social security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Are you looking for more in this world? Are you ready for something bigger? Then we are looking for you. The big-hearted, the bold, the messy and the gutsy. The teachers, the growers, the builders. The skilled, the sharers, the change makers. We need you. We are the Peace Corps. In more than 60 countries, we go all in and all out. We are volunteers, partners, communities, working together, living together. Bringing our experience, passion, and joy to building a better world together. From tackling climate change in Mexico to keeping kids healthy in Kenya. From sustainable farming in the Philippines to education in Kosovo. We learn more, give more, share freely, and serve boldly. Are you ready to tackle the tough stuff? To go the distance to make a difference? Then we have a place where you belong. Join us at PeaceCorps.gov. Children are the greatest joy and our best hope for a better future. Friends, they are the future. But did you know that millions of kids are facing hunger every day? Food is not just food. It's energy, health, confidence, hope, and even love. Yes, love. Thank you! Learn more about how No Kid Hungry is helping end child hunger in America at HelpNoKidHungry.org. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba... Please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. 
And now welcome back to a best of talk back. Hey, we're back. Uh, Ryan Bussey joining us here in the studio this morning. A very impassioned call uh, just a moment ago from uh, someone who's Jewish and very, very concerned about some of the protests that have occurred, occurred here in Missoula and throughout the state. Your thoughts? Um, I'm going to get to Ed just a second. Emmett asked two questions. I wanted to just roll back to his property tax question. We're in the middle of a property tax debacle in this state, and it's because the Republicans, led by Greg Gianforte, raised everybody's property taxes, and that means higher rents for everybody. Um, it was an easy fix. They could have adjusted the rate just like every single legislature in the past has done when we had a reappraisal situation. They didn't do it. So as you guys look at your property taxes, as you look at your rents going up, just remember this was a purposeful effort by Greg Gianforte and the Republican supermajority. Now, Ed, Ed, I hear you, man. Um, and I feel for you. And it's a dangerous thing. And and I, I saw these protesters down here in Missoula, what was it, 10 days ago or so or two weeks ago? I don't remember. It was, And it was damn frightening. And I thought, how hard would it be for the governor of this state to come out and say, hey, Nazis are not welcome here. But did I hear anything? No. I heard silence. Worse, we have now a political we – have, we have this sort of hate-filled political – Situation in our state and in our country that seems to focus on every single way we can hate each other. And I saw this last legislative session focus on um, minorities of, of different sorts and all sorts of culture war traps being laid by the Republicans. And frankly, the Democrats um, did a pretty good job of stepping in a few of them. But I wanted to tell you that this has to be a place where we figure out ways to help each other instead of ways to hate each other. And I'm I'm very worried about it. I think the leader of this state has to take leadership and be um, – it, it seems like a low bar to me to decry Nazis um, displaying all sorts of hate-filled images and statements in Missoula or any other town. Pretty low bar, but it should not be a low bar. We can, we can decry that. All I can tell you, look, when I grew up on a ranch and you saw somebody broken down in the ditch, they maybe had a flat tire or something, you pulled up beside them and you figured out how to help them. You didn't ask them 14 questions about how you could hate them, what color you are, who you identify as, who you love, what your national. You, know, you didn't ask any of those questions. You helped them out. You got back on the road. It was a place that helped each other, not hated each other. And that's the Montana that I love. That's the Montana we have to get back to. And this hate-filled crap, um, it, I can't even – I don't even have strong enough words to condemn all of it. It has to stop, and um, our political leaders need to decry it. All right, let's get right back to the phone. Say good morning to Al. Al, good morning. You're on with Ryan Bussey running for governor. Go ahead, please. Yes, recently there were two uh, state uh, rebates. The first one was, I believe, an income tax rebate, which was automatic. The second one was a real estate rebate you had to put in for. My question, did you put in for the second one? Mr. Bussey, did you put in for the real estate rebate? Yes or no? Absolutely. Yes, I did. Uh, did you put it? Uh, did you send it back to the revenue department after you got the check, or did you put it in your bank account? Remember, now the Republicans are just horrible. They're doing everything wrong. <clears throat> what did you do with the check? Well, when you get a check in the mail, I believe you deposit it, and that's precisely what I did. I'll tell oh, you this. Oh, there's there's <laughs> plenty of places. Uh, food banks. Why didn't you take it down to the food bank? How about how about that first one that was automatic? Did you send it back to the revenue department or did you take it to the food bank to do- donate it? You know how there was a six, sixty-four thousand five hundred people in the state uh, of Montana uh, don't, don't that give were. Me, don't yeah. give me this stuff. Yeah. My, my Al. question is, what did you do with it? 
Al, let him answer the question, please. There's 64,500 people in the state of Montana that were due that rebate, and they did not get it. And the reason they didn't get it is because there was all of this um, red tape that was placed on that rebate by the Republicans and the governor. They know what your geocode is. They know what your address is. They know where you live. Why? Because they send you tax bills. So why why are we penalizing all of these people in the state who are owed that rebate? And let's face it, that rebate is just a cover-up for this property. It's a one-time rebate for this property tax increase that they've laid on all of, on all of us. And so I don't know why you would want to defend a system that makes it harder on people to get the money they're owed and then pick on people when they take the money they're owed. This is their money. Now, if if you're so worried about people uh, being owed money, then I think you ought to be plenty worried about this property tax increase being laid over the top of everybody very purposely. So um, I'd reserve just a little bit of your anger about where all that money is and where it's going. And you should ask the Republican supermajority and you should ask the governor why they increased those taxes and had to try to cover it up with a rebate. But I asked you the question, which is still not answered. What did you do with the automatic check? I think I, I think I answered pretty clearly. I cashed it. Um, I think my wife actually cashed it. I don't remember precisely what day. We could try to get her on the line. My guess is she signed her name on it and took it and took it to our bank and cashed it. I could try to get date and time for you, but I don't remember. And then we probably did what everybody else in this state does. We paid mortgages. We bought groceries. We paid vehicle payments, same as everybody else does. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks for the call. All right, let's get let's get Jeff on the line. Jeff, good morning. You're you're on with Ryan Bussey. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Ryan. Uh, you've thrown out a whole bunch of straw men there. Um, first of all, I wasn't calling in on this, but with the property tax and having to jump through hoops, as you say, I don't think you realize that all of that was there because it was an online application and it was to protect against fraud. There's a lot of unscrupulous people out there who would like to register for me. And there's a lot of information out there that you can get just by going out to the cadastral. You can get all the geocodes and everything else. So they wanted a whole bunch of information. Some of it was property related and some of it was personal related, but it was for fraud protection. It wasn't because of a bureaucratic ineptitude and trying to make it difficult for us to get our money. Jeff, there's Uh, are 64,000 Montanans that didn't get the rebate. And that's where the fraud is. The fraud is those people are owed that. The state knew. They knew their data. They could have simply sent them a check and they didn't do it. And the reason they didn't do it is because they didn't want those 64,000 people to jump through all those hoops. That's why they That's why they made all those hoops. That's not true because they did. I got my money direct deposited. I didn't get it yet. Right? So so that's what the, how the vast majority was done. And, and to decry the method when when the, the system was there, uh, and I can't argue with your number of 64,000, uh, I know that I didn't get my income tax rebate right away, but it was because there was a problem with filing my federal return for that year, and I had to uh, deal with that. But the state very graciously, Sheila Stevens, 
I want a shout out for her in the Department of Revenue. She took my my information and she got it through even without a return based on previous returns and subsequent returns. So the state is doing stuff. Jeff, these, Jeff there's 64,000 people that are due this money. It's their money and they didn't get it. And the reason yes, they didn't it get it and the reason they didn't get it is very simple. They could have been mailed checks just like you get mailed checks. The, the state has every single shred of information for that rebate. Instead, they made people on fixed incomes that don't have good internet access or don't do stuff on their phones all the time find stuff like geocodes and past year's tax information. Why? I'm they 71 years old. I'm 71 years old. I was able to do it. Great. People I think that's fantastic. Have people help them. Yeah. So my, my other point is I'm a product of a private education. And this is why I really called in. You brought up a, uh, the fact that, uh, that the Republicans want to rape and decimate the uh, Montana public education system, and they want to do no such thing. They have established charter schools which are under the purview of the local public school boards. They are not privatized. They will never be privatized. The Montana Education Association is scared to death of competition. Meanwhile, our public, uh, the statistics for uh, literacy and math proficiency are going in the toilet. We're spending more money than ever on education and getting poor and poor results. And we are going to take a quick break. Uh, this is a best of talk back. We'll be back with more right after this. Party alert. Dennis Bragg in the Town Square Weather Center. Snow the main feature today with storm warnings and one to three inches expected in the valley. Some higher amounts, especially in northwest Montana and the mountains along the border. Arctic air will continue to push over the divide, driving overnight lows into Friday morning. As cold as four below, but dangerous wind chills as low as 26 below. Snow tapers off Friday morning, although we could see additional snow. And then we'll have to deal with very gusty winds. Saturday night looks the coldest. Lows in Missoula down to 22 below and highs not breaking zero. And now back to a best of talk back. No phone calls, please. Okay, we're getting some uh, very, very passionate uh, folks on the phone. And, of course, we appreciate Ryan Bussey here in the studio. Uh, your response to what Jeff, have, Jeff had to say, especially about the whole property tax and real estate tax thing. Um, well, let, maybe I'll start with the um, charter schools and school system thing. Okay. Um, look, that sounds good. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that there are people who can and want to send their kids to a Catholic school or a private school or homeschool. That's, I, I believe in that freedom and I think Montanans are owed that freedom. What I do not believe in and will never support is the divergence, is the, is taking public money and sending and pulling it away from our public schools. Now, let me give you some, some figures that might illustrate this. Uh, right now, you wonder why we're having problems in public schools. Well, we started with a $2.8 billion surplus in the last legislative session, and we still have the lowest entry-level pay for our teachers in the country. In fact, in some in uh, some surveys, we're ranked 51st. How did we get to 51st? There's only 50 states. We let a territory beat us. Now, if we believe in something, and I do, then we have to fund our public education, and our kids deserve this. Um, we ought to be making sure that those teachers are paid and employed. We can't. I was just in all across eastern Montana, and Jeff, this sounds this charter school thing and these private schools and all this choice sounds fantastic until you. Public schools. Now, let me give you some some figures that might illustrate this. Uh, right now, you wonder why we're having problems in public schools. Well, 
We started with a $2.8 billion surplus in the last legislative session, and we still have the lowest entry-level pay for our teachers in the country. In fact, in some in uh, some surveys, we're ranked 51st. How did we get to 51st? There's only 50 states. We let a territory beat us. Now, if we believe in something, and I do, then we have to fund our public education, and our kids deserve this. Um, we ought to be making sure that those teachers are paid and employed. We can't. I was just in all across eastern Montana, and Jeff, this sounds this charter school thing and these private schools and all this choice sounds fantastic until you're in Glasgow, or Malta, or Glendive, or Miles City, or Shelby, or need I go on? another 50 towns. Um, why are we thinking of pulling money from those kids who need a band teacher? They need a football coach. They need a bus driver. And we're going to send it to rich kids in Bozeman so they can so they can have another quiche pan or yoga mat at the Patriot Academy that Gianforte funds? No, I'm not down for that. I want every single kid in Montana to have equal opportunity. And to do that, we have to aggressively and purposefully fund public education. We're owed, those kids are owed it, and they're owed it through our Constitution. Um, as far as taxes go, I want to say one of the things that happened with this tax decision that the legislature and Gianforte made is they very purposely shifted the tax burden away from corporations, big time away from corporations and the wealthy, and onto average Montana homeowners, and then, by effect, renters too. They were told about it. The budget department warned them about it. They said, look, this this increase is coming down the pike, and if you do this, it's going to shift all this burden away from these big corporations like Northwestern Energy, which, which by the way, just raised your rates 28.4% even after they got this big tax break. So what did Montanans get for that whole decision? They got nothing. Northwestern Energy got big, got big uh, additions to the bottom lines, and everybody else got a big tax increase. That was a purposeful decision. These guys want to make it hard on average working people in this state and they want to make it really easy on corporations and the wealthy. And I, I'm just not down with that. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. This is the best of talk back. We'll be back with more here in just a moment. And now back to a best of talk back. Okay, we're back on Talkback, and everybody wants to talk to Ryan Bussey running for governor, and uh, he's here in the studio with us this morning. We, I believe we do have Paul on the line now. Uh, Paul, good morning. What's your question for Ryan Bussey? Thanks. Uh, my question is is that when people talk about the culture war and then talk about other people hating, and it's like that's not even a discussion. You're, you're making statements about other people, often not naming them. And, you know, you bring up GN40, he's your candidate, and this is the normal routine. But what I want from my politicians is conversations. I want when people ask a question about how do you do that and who's behind this, they can say who's behind it, where, where it started from, what the idea, where the idea came from and who's promoting it. We don't get any of that in Montana. And you say, you know, you talk about Montanans as if every Montana who, who thinks differently than you is a hate monger or, a, or whatever or conspiracy theorist? I or I, like I, I, I haven't heard that. that. I Actually, haven't. Paul, I want to be. Can I? Yeah. You, you make an assertion there, and I'd like to. I'd like to be really clear about this. Um, I've been traveling the state. We launched our campaign Thanks, September fourteenth, um, and um, the vast majority of people. I mean, the huge vast majority of people in Montana 
want to be better versions of themselves, not worse versions of themselves. I don't in any way, shape, or form. Just a second. Just a second. You made a statement. I don't in any way, shape, or form believe most people are hate-filled or want to be that way. I do think there's a very small slice of radical Republicans who've been elected to the legislature and who Gianforte either supports or condones or fuels that they want to get the worst out of people. And I I just don't believe it. I think they are not representative of the vast, broad swaths of awesome people in this state. Um, I mean, I've, I've run across people here, just fantastic stories. You know, I, I talked to a guy outside of Haver here this week, and I needed somebody to cut up my elk. And so I called, I shot an elk Tuesday. I didn't have time to process it. So I was headed over to Haver, and I called over there, and I got a hold of this guy. And uh, somebody gave me his info and said, well, you might not agree with his politics. I said, well, I don't care about, about his politics. I care <laughs> if he can cut up my elk. So I, I drive in there, and he, he says that you turn right turn right at my box, mailbox, and it's got a big Trump flag. And he comes out wearing his Trump hat. And he gives me, you know, he gives me quite, he has lots of opinions, gives me quite a bit of talking to for 10 or 15 minutes. And then um, we start talking about this governor's race. And you know what it turns out? Um, I didn't ask him to take down his flag. I didn't ask him to take off his hat. I found out that we agreed on about 75 or 80 percent of the stuff that we care about in this state. And he did a great job cutting up my elk. And I took a picture with him and I put it on my social media and I was happy. He said, I'm only going to do it if I can wear my Trump hat. I said, Bob, I love that you wear your Trump hat. Let's take a picture here. So finding commonality with people is great. We just have to cut through these radicals who are telling us to hate each other. I, I, I won't stand for it. Can you name some of the radicals that are doing that? Uh, well, sadly, a bunch of them are from the Flathead. Um, there's three oh, of them. Name, name them. How about the Regeer family? Um, I don't agree with their politics, and I think they've encouraged some pretty ugly stuff. And I think I think Greg Gianforte um, trying to take freedoms away from people by celebrating removing the right to privacy from the Constitution, um, telling women that their health care rights are under threat. I think those are all dangerous things. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for the call. Let's uh, get Emma on the line. Emma, good morning. You're on Talkback with, with Ryan Bussey. Go ahead. Uh, good morning. Um, I just want to make a comment about the phone calls that have been coming in about schools. <clears throat> I know, <clears throat> excuse me, I know Emmett said something about um, <clears throat> we need to uh, have competition in public schools, and I know Rob Nadelson has said that as well. And my comment is... You know, um, public schools wouldn't mind competition if the playing field was equal. <clears throat> public schools have to take every student that's in their district, whether they're homeless, whether they're hungry, whether they're special needs, either um, cognitively or physically, and the school has to adjust for those needs. Until private schools, Catholic schools, charter schools, whatever, are equal to what we have to provide in public schools, um, then I, I don't go along with charter schools. And saying school choice, everyone in this state has a choice to send their child wherever they want to go to school. And I'll tell you what, during the pandemic, when everyone was at home, we ran our buses and we fed those children who um, probably wouldn't have been fed without the public schools. So until charter schools and private schools can um, have an equal playing field, I don't go along with charter schools. That's my comment. All right. Hey, I really appreciate you calling in. I do want to Thanks say the there's, an important, there's an important point here. Every single kid in this state is due 
the opportunity to be educated in public schools and to be educated equally in public schools. And so you're right. Most of most of the private school movement across this country is profit-based. People want to do it because there's a profit in it. Um, and there are some things that are important in our society that just shouldn't, ought not, you know, they shouldn't be driven by profit. Again, I'm not against uh, really good private schools. I'm not against people's opportunity and freedom to take their kids to private schools. I am against anything that degrades the public school experience and opportunity for every single kid in this country. Rich kids, poor kids, tall kids, short kids, I don't care. They all deserve the same opportunity. And you're absolutely right. Private schools, they don't have to take, they can pick and choose. They can pick the profitable kids. Um, we deserve better than that. And especially across the eastern two-thirds of our state where it's critically important. Like there's not choices in Shelby. There's not, come on. I mean, every single school, we need to fund them and properly run them so that our kids in this state have opportunity. Yeah, let's get, try to get one more call in before a break. And this is Marilyn. Marilyn, you're on with Ryan Bussey. Go ahead, please. My blood is boiling. Um, so the public schools used to be funded by our logging, timber, mining. Now they're funded by, I think, pot shops and casinos and and yeah, we, the public school. Marilyn, you feeling okay this morning? You already you're, you're already off on a tangent no. here, but <laughs> I love it. The Democrats, I just set them on fire. They can't stand my rhetoric, and neither can yeah. Okay, so you got such a hate on for Gene Forte, and yet you're trying to talk to us like we're the haters. Marilyn, you know, Marilyn do you do you have? Children? I'm sorry, Marilyn. Do you have a question for Ryan? I mean, I, I realize you want to go on and on, but what they is don't your, what's your question? Peter, when we ask them questions, well, ask they do a, not answer. Ask him a question. They're so good at their BS. Ask him a question. And coming off. So. <laughs> One question. Go. Are oh. you for the dismemberment of little unborn children in the womb? Up to even. I mean, where is your limit on killing All right. babies, All right. sir? Thanks for the call. All right. So, yeah. So you ask a question about uh, women's health care. I believe that the governor of Montana has no right to be in the doctor's office with the women of this state, creepily looking at them, telling them what they can and can't do with their health care decisions. It's not my decision. It should be a doctor's and a woman's and their God's decision between all of them. It's not mine. So, um, and it's not, and it's definitely not Greg Gianforte's and this weirdness that he wants to get in doctor's offices with women and tell them what they can and can't do. Sorry, I'm not down with that either. Okay, we're going to come right back. We have a one-minute timeout. We have Skip and Kevin. We'll try to get as many calls in as we can with Ryan Bussey running for governor on the Democratic ticket. Right, 721-1290 is our number. About eight minutes left in the show. We'll be back. And again, this is the best of talk back. No phone calls, please. You know, back with a best of talk back. No phone calls, please. We are back on Talkback, the final segment. Uh, Ryan Bussey joining us here in the studio this morning. And uh, let's get some calls in. Skip, good morning. You're on with Ryan Bussey. What's your question, sir? Uh, thank you, Peter. And and Ryan, I've been listening to every word. I was just, I was glad for the break. I was having a Maryland recovery moment. <laughs> and so here we are with, with uh, a Democrat that's going to run for governor. And uh, personally, I'm a Republican. But I, I, I do believe that you answered vigorously questions that have been asked to you. Uh, and so because you are a Democrat and you are a, uh, 
an executive in the firearms industry is your background. So do you have anything in particular that you think should happen to our Second Amendment rights, being a Democrat, but then also being in the firearms industry? I'd like your take on that. And then uh, secondly, uh, these are two things that I, I try to find out where people really are. The first is firearms. Secondly, uh, in all of our national forests that are on the western side of our state, uh, in particular in the Bitterroot, we have the possibility of having a, a mine happen that's, uh, that's going to deal with uh, uh, pr- not precious metals, but rare, 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 earth. rare earth. Yeah. Yeah. And so where do you stand on that as a Democrat who would be caring about environmental things, uh, hopefully as a conservationist, not a preservationist, and certainly not an exploitationist, but how do you feel about a mine going in a sensitive place in, say, the southern Bitterroot? So firearms and mines. I appreciate your interest. All Thank right. You. Hey, Skip, I appreciate you calling. Those are good, thoughtful questions. Um, so let's start with guns. I did uh, work in the firearms industry for over 25 years. I'm very proud of my history there. Um, and I've also been an ardent critic. Um, I wrote a book about this, about some of the practices of the firearms industry and how some of the radicalization and irresponsible behavior of, again, a narrow slice of um, people in the industry and then sometimes gun owners have threatened our freedoms. I'm all about protecting our freedoms. And I think that what my experience is, is that largely relies on voluntary responsibility, laying a bunch of laws over the top of everybody. In my experience, that's not, you know, there are basic laws, of course, that we need to uphold, like background checks, pretty basic. I think this main situation tells us that we need ERPO laws, which are, you know, laws that allow us to take guns from very violent individuals. Um, and those are basic things that I don't think infringe on our freedoms. I want to protect our freedoms. Um, I don't think it's okay that we... We um, let, you know, armed, angry guys march up and down streets with loaded ARs trying to scare kids. I think that's very dangerous. I think it could be potentially very dangerous for those kids, but I think it also endangers our freedom. So I'm all about responsible gun owners kind of taking back the mantle from what I think is an irresponsible fringe. And I and I say that because, heck, I was just hunting a couple of days ago with my boys. I believe in defending myself with guns. I own lots of guns. I don't even know how many I own, and I'm proud to own them. But I also believe in responsibility, and, you know, it's, it's laid out in my book. As far as the rare earth mine down the Bitterroot, um, look, mining and um, – and the things that go around with it are an important part of the Montana economy. Um, they always have been. And we've also had some horrific. That's why we're the treasure state. <laughs> That's right. We've right. also had some horrific abuses and very, very bad environmental impacts. And so before any mine can go anywhere, we have to make sure that it can adhere to all of the regulations that we as citizens have agreed must be there to make sure that sensitive places are not ruined. And so, um, I think that I, I sure wish we'd have done that. There, there, we're still cleaning things up around Butte and Anaconda. We're clean, the, the Zortman situation where we have uh, cyanide heap leach mine leakage into the groundwater. What about it's, Libby? It's horrific. Libby, we're still cleaning up. Right. So I, I believe in um, the sort of things we have to do to maintain our economy. All right. That is the all the time we have for that particular segment of a best of. We'll continue after the top of the hour. 
This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO. Missoula's News and Weather Station. Hey, welcome back. It's our number two of a best of talk back this morning. Again, we, uh, we, we, sorry about this, but we can't take any phone calls during a best of because it's recorded. But talk back is brought to you this morning by Harrington's, pardon me, Harrington's Surgical Supply, where appointments are preferred for mastectomy fittings and custom compressions, but walk-ins are always welcome. Also brought to you by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts, no matter how cold it's going to be. And Gomer's has exactly what you need to make sure your rig starts every single time. I'm Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Service at Palmer and West Broadway. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial. Need your home and or your business clean? Nobody does it better because hey, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. No job too big or small. Call Phillips, 406-260-6617. And brought to you by Y West Storage. Located at the Y on Two Smokes Way. Looking for storage? Pricing and availability is available at 406 510 0590. Why West Storage? We're making room for you. The views and opinions expressed on Talkback are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. And now back to a best of Talkback for the next half hour. Okay, class is in session, ladies and gentlemen. It is it is time for a Missoula Econ 101. I'm Peter Christian. Nick Christensen over there. I, I think he's in detention right now, but uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> All right, joining us here in the studio this morning, we are thrilled to have with us once again Grant Keir, CEO of the Missoula Economic Partnership. But is it economic or economic? It doesn't matter. Okay, you, you got it. All right, so it's Missoula Economic Partnership. And joining us also in the studio this morning is is uh, Mary Melton. She is the head of the Missoula Housing Authority. And it's good to have you here, Mary. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for coming. All right, Grant, uh, the floor is yours. Take it away. Good morning. Thanks for having us. I think it's officially uh, okay to say happy holidays. We're thrilled to be here. So we have um, we have an historic amount of affordable housing coming online this Yay. year in Missoula, which is outstanding. This remains our number one challenge economically in the community. And so we are working really hard to um, to identify ways to tell that story and help your listeners better understand what's going on as we try to solve that problem. So we're thrilled today to have the Missoula Housing Authority here to talk a little bit about um, what's gone on and what's taken place and sort of what it's taken to deliver that record amount of housing. Uh, we have Mary Milton, who's the asset manager for the Missoula Housing Authority. She has uh, 17 years with the Housing Authority, um, which is a pretty typical tenure for some of the employees there. There's a lot of uh, longstanding folks working hard behind the scenes at that institute. And then um, is a lifelong resident of Missoula. So I'm excited to hear from Mary, especially because I think she can really put this work into the context of the evolution of our community. So we're thrilled to have Mary here. All right, Mary, first of all, welcome. It's good to have you. Thank you. All right. It's good so, to be here. So, so let's talk a little bit about the purpose of the Missoula Housing Authority. Obviously, anybody who's been in Missoula for any length of time knows there, it's, it's, there's a screaming need for uh, uh, housing and especially affordable housing. So uh, if you wouldn't mind just talking a little bit about the, the, the purpose of the organization and the scope of what you do. Sure. Uh, the purpose of the organization is to provide quality housing solutions for low and middle income uh, Missoulians, so our neighbors out there who may not be able to afford market rate housing. Uh, Missoula Housing Authority develops uh, housing. We also uh, work with HUD and other programs to provide uh, 
subsidies, uh, which means that you pay a percentage of your income for rent. And then, of course, we have the 402 units that are coming online this year that Grant was talking about, uh, which is the the largest affordable housing, two of the largest affordable housing projects in the state, actually. Um, And those are built with what's called low-income housing tax credits, which is an IRS program. Now... 425 units that is a lot and 402 402 yeah. I'm sorry 402 yeah. that is that is a great deal of housing but uh, obviously it uh, it's e- even with 402 units there's still going to be people out there that are looking for affordable homes affordable housing so th- th- this is a step in the a, a huge step in the right direction what did it take to bring all those units together to be completed in a time where the need is the strongest it's taken about five years or better of, you know, organization uh, with other partners that we have uh, for Trinity, which is 202 uh, housing units. Uh, we have um, we have partnered with Homeward um, and Blue Line Development, who is actually doing the lease up on for us on uh, Trinity the Trinity project. Uh, Trinity is actually on two separate sites. So Homeward had bought a site uh, that used to be a trailer park over on the north side in the Burn Street Bistro area. Uh, And then the county actually donated land to Missoula Housing Authority next to the detention center Mm -hmm. uh, for the other 130 units of affordable housing on on the Trinity sites. How does it work? I, I, I realize that um, when people move into Missoula, especially people who are tremendously shocked by the, uh, the, the prices of homes in Missoula, all throughout Montana, because we've been discovered now, and, and property values have skyrocketed, and it's extremely discouraging. Um, I remember Governor Gianforte was in Bozeman, and uh, remarking to some of the the people there that he was driving around the city with that there are police officers and that there are firemen and that there are teachers and that there are uh, people who work in, in civil government who have to live, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40, 40 miles outside of Bozeman just to be able to afford a place to live and then come to work in in Bozeman. So I think we have similar problems here. So but the Missoula Housing Authority is trying to address that. We are trying to address that, yes, with the, you know, with the housing that we provide. And the way it works is, um, for the low income housing tax credit, uh, properties that we own, uh, Homeward also has a number of them and there are others in town as well. Uh, you have to, people have to income qualify for those and that can be income qualification up to 80% of area median income. And 80% of area median income for a single person household is $48,400. You know, so there are quite a number of people working and living in Missoula who can meet that qualification. Uh, With the tax credit program as well, the, the rents are capped by the state. So we have a, a rent that we can't go over. Um, and that the the rent caps by the state include utilities, so we have to take off a utility allowance if people have to pay utilities at our properties, which some do, some don't. Mm-hmm. 
With that, we're, we're up against our first break, by the way, and uh, the phone lines are open. This this is a fascinating conversation that affects every single person in, in our audience right now. So if you have a question for Mary Melton or Grant Keir, this is Missoula Econ 101. Just raise your hand. No, all you have to do is call in 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309, or you can also uh, use the KGVO app. And uh, just hit the message us button, write, uh, write, uh, type in your message, send it in, and we'll be more than happy to uh, to get it answered for you. So we're going to come right back with more of Talk Back and uh, Missoula Econ. All right, we're going to continue with the best of Talk Back here, and uh, only for about another 20 minutes. Then we'll be having uh, the folks from Community Medical Center with Dr. Taryn Warris joining us from 930 until 10, and that will be live. Dennis Bragg in the Town Square Weather Center. Snow the main feature today with storm warnings and one to three inches expected in the valley. Some higher amounts, especially in northwest Montana and the mountains along the border. Arctic air will continue to push over the divide, driving overnight lows into Friday morning. As cold as four below, but dangerous wind chills as low as 26 below. Snow tapers off Friday morning, although we could see additional snow. And then we'll have to deal with very gusty winds. Saturday night looks the coldest. Lows in Missoula down to 22 below and highs not breaking zero. And now back to a best of talk back. No phone calls, please. Okay, here we are. We are back. Missoula Econ 101 is already underway. Already people are raising their hands in class today for Missoula Econ 101. Our guest here in the studio, Grad Keir, CEO of the Missoula Economic Partnership and Asset Manager for Missoula Housing Authority, Mary Melton. Uh, let's jump right in and say good morning to Emmett. Emmett, good morning. You're on with Mary Melton. What's on your mind? Oh, thanks for taking my call. Well, I guess a couple of questions that I do have, it's about the housing project, 104, 102 units, no, 402 units, that's a lot of people. What I'm concerned about housing projects is that I'm worried that this one might follow the ones in New York City. They can often have gangs and crime and this kind of thing. How do you weed out kind of the bad elements and keep out gangs and drugs? Because I don't want a housing project that's, you know, filled with danger, you know, and you know, cops always being called and drugs. But also, it's, I have a question about the vouchers. There are housing vouchers with the Missoula Housing Authority to either keep your home, uh, help with your rent, or move into another property. But I've also heard that there are a lot of rules, you know, there are annual inspections. Um, yeah, what, with the annual inspections and all the other rules, are there rules about people sleeping um, for the night? Are there rules about how many possessions you can have in your home? I love my books and my boxes and that kind of thing. I, you know, possessions are important. You know, I'm not I'm not a hoarder, but I just I just worry about rules like that. So if you could address those two questions, right. that'd be interesting. You know, right, I'll listen off air. Emmett, thanks, whatever. Thanks for the call, Mary. It's thanks all yours. Very- yeah, absolutely. Thanks for those questions, Emmett. Um, so to answer your first question, we do screen tenants. Uh, we uh, look at background reports. We look at uh, credit reports. For credit, we're actually looking really at a narrow band. Uh, we only look for debt that's owed to a utility like Northwestern Energy uh, because you may have to connect to that. Uh, so we need to be able to make sure that people can and we also are looking at landlord debt. Um, but we do run background checks on people and we're, you know, we're fairly, uh, low barrier housing. Uh, we've been 
Missoula Housing Authority has been involved in housing for, you know, at least 40 to 50 years. And we haven't seen any gang-related um, issues at any of our properties. Um, if people are misbehaving, of course, they'll get lease violations, possibly be terminated or evicted. Uh, that's rare, um, you know. So we do keep an eye on all of our properties. We if have if a, you wouldn't mind, just real quickly, what what is that process like? I mean, if, if obviously you've got people living in a large apartment complex, so there there's all sorts of different, you know, uh, personalities and, and that sort of thing. And sometimes there could be conflicts. So how do you handle those? Well, with conflicts, it really depends on what the conflict is about. Um, we really hope that neighbors can work out smaller conflicts on their own. And if they can't, or if we're hearing that there's a lot of uh, people visiting an apartment or something looks off, then we'll do some investigation on our own. Um, you know, we, we work with the Missoula Police Department if they're involved at all. Uh, so, you know, we, we keep a close eye on our apartments and most of our apartments have on-site property manager. There are actually two property managers at Villaggio, which is the 200 units, um, up against the, the highway. And there are two property managers, one on each site for the new Trinity apartments. Uh, and then we also have our maintenance staff. Uh, we have, you know, 24-7 maintenance. Um, and they're also keeping a, keeping an eye on things when they're in you know in apartments doing uh, work orders and that sort of thing. So we keep a close eye on on our properties and are are proud of the way that they're run. Anything else about uh, about Emmett's questions that you wanted to answer? Uh, the second question that he had was about the vouchers and the rules for the vouchers. And you're correct; uh, they do actually do annual inspections. Um, for the voucher. It's generally a really, actually pretty easy inspection. And I think the most important thing to know is that on these inspections, they're really inspecting more the Missoula Housing Authority to make sure that we're keeping the properties up in a safe and habitable condition. Um, as far as, you know, if you're a hoarder, of course, that could cause issues. Um, really, we're just asking that there be egress in and out of your apartment um, at, you know, and that everything is working correctly. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's get another call in before we have to take a break. This is Dave. Dave, thanks for holding. You're on with Mary Melton. Go ahead, please. Yes. First of all, I'd like to, I'm curious, what is affordable and what do you get for affordable? Are you dealing with just rental properties? And what kind of rental would you uh, kind of price wise? And if you deal with uh, selling houses or or uh, what's, what's your process there? Do you deal with that at all? So we don't deal with uh, selling houses, buying and selling houses. We do actually have a program within the voucher department that is a home ownership uh, voucher uh, that you that people can get if they have the voucher. And that means that instead of paying helping to pay for your rent, we'll actually help to pay for your mortgage uh, for up to 15 years. So that is definitely something that some people take advantage of, and we're actually really happy when people do. It just, uh, Missoula Housing Authority is there to help people uh, get a step up, and and that is one way that people can step up, get off of the assistance eventually, and build equity in their houses. Um, as far as affordable, uh, one-bedroom uh, one apartment right now 
is going for anywhere between $486 up to $972. Uh, $486 is, you know, there are a limited number of those apartments. They're 30% of area median income. Uh, most of them are going to be more around the 810 to 972 range. And that, again, is a gross rent. So if you're paying utilities, we'll take a utility allowance off of that. Can I help you? What would a two, oh, go ahead. What go would ahead. a two-bedroom house go for? Two-bedroom house would generally be around $972. Okay, well, thank you. All right, Dave, so, thanks for the call. With that, we're up against a break. 721-1290 is our number. Our phone lines are clear. If you have a question for Mary Melton, she's the asset manager for the Missoula Housing Authority. Part of Missoula Econ 101, we'd love to have your phone calls and questions at 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. Now, keep in mind, she's only going to be here until 10 o'clock, so don't delay. I get your call in. We'll be right back. Save big. And now to a back to a best of talk back. No phone calls, please. You want to go straight? Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you along this morning on Missoula Econ 101. Again, we're uh, thrilled to have Grant Kier with us as CEO of the Missoula Economic Partnership. Also joining us here in the studio, asset manager from Missoula Housing Authority, Mary Melton. And uh, we are getting calls from folks. So let's get right back to the phones and say good morning to Ed. Ed, good morning. You're on with Mary and Grant. Go ahead, please. Yes, as I understand it here. Um, you'll check the qualifications and, and maybe subsidize uh, or pay for a 15-year mortgage. How, how do you know that they still qualify for the program, let's say, three years into the program? Perhaps uh, the wife uh, has landed a job, and now their income is too high, but they're, they've, they've got the, uh, they're signed up for the 15 years. So thank you for the question, Ed. Uh, we actually, so the Housing Authority does annual recertifications for every program that we run. That includes the voucher program and that would include the home ownership vouchers. So what happens is if someone goes to zero HAP, housing assistance payment, then they would graduate off of the program and be able to afford the mortgage on their own. You know, if that was year three, year four, year 10. And yay, um, that would be a good thing. That would be a good thing. Then it opens up another voucher for another family. Great. Thank you. Ed, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Skip's up next. Uh, Skip, good morning. You're on Talkback. Go ahead, please. Thank you, sir. And, and ma'am, uh, about 50 years ago, I was on a housing authority, and it, it was way back in New England. And we had a, a business model because we're actually in the real estate business, I guess, because we actually own properties and reconditioned properties for reuse. I was wondering, does the housing authority in Missoula, do they own uh, any properties and, and, and use them for that purpose? Or I was curious what the, what the authority part of it is. Uh, where I live in Valley County, I don't think we have anything like a housing authority. I, I'm wondering how, how it might benefit other counties. I just wanted to know, like, what's the basis for your existence, I guess? And, 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 and like I said, do you people own any properties that you can, that you can, um, make available? Anything like that? 
I, so I'll just leave it at that and see see what you what you come up with. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call. And absolutely, and the the authority comes just from uh, the HUD term, public housing authority. So you know, our authority is granted by the city of Missoula. Uh, we are a public nonprofit, so you know we don't uh, we don't pay taxes. We don't uh, have taxing authority. Uh, however, so in Ravalli County. Um, the the equivalent of the housing authority would be the Human Resource Council, which in Missoula, you know, and the surrounding counties, I think, serves five counties. Um, so Missoula Housing Authority, we do own properties. We actually own about 1,148 units right now uh, that we rent. And do we will sometimes buy a property in order to keep it affordable. We bought Wildflower Apartments in Missoula. Uh, that's a 96-unit property. Uh, we bought uh, River Ridge, which is a 70-unit um, affordable housing property for seniors. Uh, Homeward does the same thing. They'll sometimes buy a property in order to keep it affordable. And then we rehab the properties, um, you know, to bring them up to code, to current code, um, to make sure that people are living in safe, decent, affordable housing. Now, Nick, we have a we have an app question, please. Uh, we have a couple. Yeah, Jeff said, uh, who specifically owns those Trinity units? So the Trinity units are owned by Homeward and uh, Missoula Housing Authority. We do have an investor, Enterprise, who also is a part owner. They're the ones who actually gave us the money to help build these or gave us some of the money, I should say, to help build these. We uh, we do take on some permanent debt, you know, loans from banks. Uh, we also have uh, home funds, which is a HUD program. Uh, we have housing trust fund funds, which uh, help, af- help us to provide the 30 permanent supportive housing units. Uh, at the Trinity Projects. And that's all the time we have for this best of. We're going to be back with a live uh, talk back this morning. And again, this this will be a very special. We have two special guests joining us here this morning from Community Medical Center, Dr. Taryn Warrest and uh, Dr. Brianna Mew. And we're going to be talking about uh, basically bariatric surgery and uh, weight loss and uh, all sorts of things that uh, and we will be taking phone calls as best we can because we don't have a producer. Nick is ill today. So uh, we'll be back with live uh, talk back with Community Medical Center right after this. Hey, we are back on Talkback, and this is live, ladies and gentlemen, not recorded. I, Peter Christian. Nick Christensen is not feeling well today. He called in sick, so we did a best of for the first, oh, 90 minutes or so, and now we are live uh, with our friends from Community Medical Center, of course, uh, Megan Condra, the public information officer here uh, as well uh, with Community Medical Center, but we're going to talk about weight loss and all sorts of things to do with that. Dr. Taryn Warris is joining us, and Dr. Brianna you and uh, Taryn will start with you if you would mind uh, telling us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do please sure I'm Dr. Taryn Warrest and I am a minimally invasive and bariatric surgeon at a community medical center I actually grew up in Missoula Montana was just reminiscing about hearing your voice growing up all on the radio um, but I left yes to... I am old I'm sorry but, but go ahead yeah I left to go to medical school and do my surgery training, and I'm glad to come back to offer a service here to Missoula. Um, my job is essentially to help treat the disease of obesity. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Let's, so let, let's talk a little bit. Okay. Let, now, Brandon, your turn. So uh, tell us a little bit about you. I'm uh, Dr. Brianna Mew, and I went to medical school at Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. Always wanted to come out west and landed here in Missoula. Uh, I'm a family medicine, and I have a specialty in obesity medicine as well. Uh, so I see all ages, men, women, um, and like Taryn said, we do a lot with the disease of obesity from a medication standpoint and also in collaboration with surgery uh, when indicated. So how do you like living in Missoula? Oh, it's the best. I love it. It's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Do the folks back home know that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let, let's hope so. All right. So it's it's a pleasure to have both of you here. Now uh, let's talk a little bit about bar- where does where does the term bariatric come from, if you don't mind? So bariatric is essentially a term when we talk about treating patients with the disease of obesity. So mm-hmm. obesity is a chronic disease. It is not a willpower problem. It is not people's fault. It is a multifactorial disease. So that means there's lots of things that play into it. Genetics, environment, things that people really can't change. Mm-hmm. Um, and society's told these patients forever, hey, it's your fault. It's a willpower thing. Totally not true. Um, it's a chronic disease just like diabetes and high blood pressure. And obesity puts people at risk for these things. And fortunately, now we actually have really good ways to treat it. Mm-hmm. So bariatric is kind of this catch-all term that allows us to treat patients with this disease process. Be that with medicine with Dr. Mew mm-hmm. or a surgery over here with me. Well, let, let, let's talk about medicine first and, and, and lifestyle. Now, there are lifestyle changes that we can make, right? Oh, that, yes. That, that, that will help us. But sometimes we, we need a little help with that uh, in, in addition to medication. Sure, yeah. I mean, lifestyle modifications and changes and really just leading with a healthy lifestyle is sort of the bedrock of weight loss, healthy living, bariatric medicine. Um, but there's a ton of of, uh, you know, medications that are new and it's been a really exciting time after having sort of a minimal to moderate response with medications for decades. We sort of have some new guys on the game now that, really? what, um, what, what are they? A lot of people have heard of Ozempic. Uh, uh-huh. Semaglutide is the other name for it. It's also under the brand name of Wigovi. That's a big one that's been in the news lately. A lot of people are using it and getting really great results with it. Um, and there's some others that are sort of in the pipeline as well. Um, that have been much more effective um, and allowed people to have more sustainable weight loss. So it's been an exciting time from a medication standpoint. Now, sure. I, I have heard about Ozempic in, in that it wasn't originally supposed to be an anti-obesity drug. It was Correct. supposed to be for something else, right? For diabetes or what? Yeah. So Ozempic has been used for type 2 diabetes for a long time mm-hmm. and just got the approval relatively recently for uh, the treatment of obesity. And so that's um, you know been an exciting development. And more recently, We've had another medication uh, called terzepatide, which has been called Manjaro as well, also used for type 2 diabetes that also just got approved by the FDA for anti-obesity treatment. So how do, they, how do these drugs work? I mean, I, I realize uh, when you take a drug, obviously it's going to have an effect on your system, on your body. What, what do, exactly do they do to help you lose weight and be healthier? Sure. So these are GLP-1 agonists, and they work by processing, changing the way our body processes our nutrition that we take in. So there's appetite suppression. It slows the gut down to change the way we absorb nutrition and helps with how we process them for energy expenditure. So 
I, I guess what I'm asking is, uh, uh, is this the right time and the right place for, for these medications? Because they've been needed for a long, long time, right? Yes, absolutely. It's very exciting. Um, I wish that they were more accessible to people because they have really had great results. And mm-hmm. certainly not for everybody, right? There's indications for each medication, but it really has changed the game for weight loss. And that's sort of what's leading the news right now um, in in the stories about these medications. So, so uh, obviously, people who uh, suffer with obesity, yes. uh, I'm sure they're well aware of, of what's going on in, in the medical world. Uh, at, at what point does a person say, you know what, I am sick and tired of this. I've tried everything. I've tried every diet. I, I try to run. I try to walk. I try to walk my dog. I do, sure. every, I do everything I can, and nothing is changing. So at that point, they can pick up the phone and call you. Oh, absolutely. I love to talk to people, even if they have questions about it. We talk about prevention. We talk about lifestyle changes. We talk about medication management, what that looks like long term. So I usually say, if you have questions, come talk to me. I'm happy to have the conversation. Whether or not you leave with a prescription for medication depends both on your indications and whether or not that's something that you choose to pursue. Yeah, I I would imagine that... um, Once someone begins to see the benefits of the medication and, of course, with the surgery that goes along with it as well, that um, do you do you actually is there a point where you can say, you know what, Uh, this medication has done its job? We're just going to start weaning you off it now and you'll 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 learn how to live a more healthy lifestyle. Or is this something that we're going to be faced with uh, for a lifetime? The answer to that is both. Um, It very much depends on the patient and their lifestyle, their genetics, epigenetics, their environment um, and the underlying causes that contribute to their case of obesity, because it it is very varied and different for person to person. So I definitely have patients that are on medications that we wean off. And then there are others who are on it much more long term. We're going to come right back. By the way, we do have phone lines open if you have a question for Drs. Warrest and Mew. Uh, I'm going to do my best to play producer and try to get your phone calls on. I'll do my best. Uh, The number is 721-1290. If you have questions, we'll be right back with more of TalkBack. This is live, by the way, right after this. In 2024. Okay, here we are. We are back on Talk Back, and joining us here in the studio this morning, Dr. Doctors Taryn Warrest and uh, Brianna Mew from Community Medical Center. We're talking about bariatric issues, weight loss, uh, drugs, surgery, that sort of thing. We already have a caller on the line. Uh, good morning. What is your first name, please? Yeah, good morning. This is Harry. Harry, good morning. You're on with our with our yeah. doctor guests. Uh, pardon me, Nick wasn't here to answer your call, but uh, what what's on your mind, sir? What's your question? Yeah, uh, I the everybody's body seems to be, you know, at least I've heard, and it seems to be true that after you stay at a certain weight, it has a tendency to want to stay at that weight, you know, and so, you know, if you diet and you're still, your body, your metabolism slows down, try to keep your body at, because it's saying that you're at, you know, starvation mode or whatever. But um, I was wondering if these drugs, because they put you, you know, you're able to lose weight and keep it there, does your body get used to being at that weight, or is that uh, something completely different? I mean, uh, maybe I'm all wrong, but is that true? <laughs> well, let's let the doctors tackle that. Go ahead, please. Yeah, 
Oh, so there is something to a sort of a metabolic mm-hmm. set point. Absolutely. Our body does sort of get used to where we're at. I like to call it the thermostat yes, of the body. Where do you set your thermostat? <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, there's also ways to change that. So these medications are great in aiding in that. Um, no one medication, surgery, dietary change, exercise is going to be the cure for obesity for any patient. Um, so it's really just a combination of a lot of different factors and you absolutely can change the thermostat, as Dr. Horace said, um, throughout the course of your treatment plan with medication and sometimes even without it. Oh, we have another caller on the line. And uh, what is your first name, please? Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer, you're on with our doctors. Go ahead, please. What's up? So I heard that bariatric surgery may reduce the risk of cancer. How about heart attack? Wow, that's a Thanks, that's actually Jennifer. a really interesting question. So both bariatric surgery and weight loss medications, uh, specifically semiglutide, have both been studied to look at decreased risk of cardiovascular events and strokes. So there have been really awesome studies looking at the reduced risk of stroke and heart attacks in patients who've had bariatric surgery, and the risk reduction is dramatic. It's one of the best things you can do if you do have the disease of obesity. Bariatric surgery and weight loss can really reduce your risk. And some of the new studies coming out about semiglutide are pretty exciting as well about reducing your risk. Okay, help me out. I'm, I'm ignorant. Semiglutide. What, what, That's what? our Ozempic or Wigovi. Right, okay, yes. gotcha. Okay, so so the new, the, the new drugs that have literally taken your world by storm. Yes, absolutely. It's been really exciting just from the morbidity reduction and um, helping patients with their worry about, am I going to have a heart attack? Am I going to have a stroke? Um, we have these interventions now, medications and surgery that really do reduce the risk. Tell me if you would, because we talked about this a little bit during the break, men, women, children, each 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 gender is different. Of course, the age groups are different. Uh, when, when a child grows up and, and, and begins to be obese, uh, again, the sociological effect on especially on a child can be really really rough uh anyone who's grown up and and you're overweight you know all the name calling and all that sort of thing it is definitely tough on the self-esteem and so uh at what point should a parent say we're going to see the doctor right now yeah, I think it should be part of the discussion at sort of every uh, well child check, right? I mean, we don't go by just based on a number on the scale. There's a lot of factors, as you said. Um, are you carrying a little extra weight? Is it affecting, uh, you know, your mental health and your self-esteem? Is it a family thing? A lot of times, you know, kids don't cook for themselves or make those choices. And we grow up in the same environments that can produce uh, or cause us to become obese. And so learning that from a family perspective. Um, for both mom, dad, you know, whatever the family looks like and child um, is is really where the key is for that. Now, Dr. Warris, let's talk about surgery now. At, at, at what point do, do you step in and say, okay, you know what, we can really help this. This is a little bit going further than the medication, but how does surgery help? Yeah, so surgery is indicated for patients who have a BMI, body mass index, greater than 35, um, even if they don't necessarily have a obesity-related health problem. Um, If you have a BMI greater than 30, body mass index of 30, and you have a health problem that's related to your obesity, like type 2 diabetes, sleep apnea, things like that, surgery can be considered. Now, insurance typically doesn't cover it until you're a BMI over 35, but I typically step in at those times. The patients who do really well are patients who are really motivated. 
I like to talk about how my patients are the hardest workers in the room. You bet. Um, I think bariatric surgery got this name of being the easy way out. It is 100% not. It is a huge, huge lifestyle change. Patients have tried everything and maybe it's not working for them yet, but surgery is that tool to kind of flip the switch to help those things start working. When, when When that man or woman wakes up from that surgery... And, and begins to look and see how the physical nature of, of what they look like has changed. What, what is the psychological effect of that and, and to help them continue on with that? It's, it's actually really interesting because a lot of patients kind of get into the mind frame that they're still the same person that they were before. And a lot of my patients say, I still see that fat person in the mirror. And I'm like, well, look, I'm not worried. Or they don't see the number on the scale go down as much as they want. But I like to focus on things that aren't like a scale victory. Mm-hmm. I like to call these non-scale victories. So okay. things like I was able to walk into the stadium to watch my kid play soccer for the first time or I was able to fit in a airplane seat without a seatbelt extender or I was able to play around with my grandkids outside and I go on that hike I was never able to do. Take my dog for a walk. (laughs) Exactly. My dog really loves it. Um, Things like that. And a a lot of times... um, one of my one of the most gratifying times for me is when I see patients a couple months out from surgery and they tell me, oh, hey, I'm off of all of my diabetes medications and my high blood pressure medications. And my doctor said my hemoglobin A1C number, that number that measures how your diabetes control uh-huh. is, is really low and awesome. And I don't have to be on my insulin anymore. Wow. That's probably the most gratifying time for me. I'll tell you what, we have another caller on the line. This is, uh, Can I have your first name, please? Hi. Hi, this is Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. What's your question for our doctors, please? is I do struggle with weight loss um, in that way for years. So which would be more important, exercise or nutrition? Because doing both, um, as everyone knows, is pretty difficult. It is, for sure. It's hard to make those lifestyle changes, especially in today's day and age. A lot of us have families, full-time jobs, other obligations. It's hard to sort of prioritize. Um, nutrition definitely leads the game. It's hard, to, you know, as we say, to outrun the kitchen. Um, you know, exercise is important for maintaining lean body mass, which, we'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit about in our office visits that helps drive our metabolism. But nutrition is, is the key component if you have to choose between the to for your life where it is right now. All right. With that, go ahead, please. Oh, and I was going to say, exercise is definitely important, but it's important to be doing the right type of exercise, Absolutely. Too. First thing, the right type of exercise is the one you're going to do. Absolutely. Like, if you try to make me go out and run a marathon, it ain't, it ain't going to happen. Um, but I tell my patients that um, increasing their lean mo- body mass is really important. So doing resistance exercises, something that's going to increase their muscle mass, because your muscles have a way higher metabolism than the rest of the fat in your body. Absolutely. And so increasing that is actually a better way to increase increase your metabolism. But I agree, the nutrition is where you got to start. Yeah, it's when you build more lean body mass, you know, we, we talk about weight loss, but really what most people desire and need is fat loss. And so maintaining that lean body mass allows you to lose your fat. And that's what we want. All right, we're up against a commercial break. We're going to come right back. Our guests here in the studio, Doctors Taryn Warrest and Brianna Mew from Community Medical Center. And Jeff is waiting very patiently on the line to visit with you when we come back. Uh, 721-1290. I'm doing it. I can't believe it. All right, we're going to come right back. This is so... Nick is going to say, oh, no, I'm losing my job. No, you're not. Uh, we're going to come right back in one minute after this. Hours flying by, and by the way, we really appreciate the calls this morning. I really, and again, doing the best I can to play Nick. I'm not doing very well, but I'm trying to get folks on the air. And I believe this is Jeff. Jeff, good morning. Hi. 
Hey, good morning, Peter. Okay. Yes, go ahead. Uh, you're on with the doctors. Please go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, my question is around uh, the effectiveness of it. What's the average uh, length of time that it works for a person? Is it uh, kind of a uh, recidivism, average, uh, average recidivism? So with bariatric surgery, I think um, everyone gets really, really worried about weight regain. And honestly, us as doctors get really worried about weight regain too. Absolutely. But the vast majority of patients do lose about ninety, per, about 50% of their excess weight loss. So 90% of patients lose 50% of their excess weight and keep it off. But there is weight regain. Why does that happen? There's a lot of different reasons, and it's an ongoing area of research in um, my uh, field of work. <laughs> but that's actually where um, the medications can work really, really well. And bariatric surgery is not done in a vacuum. We, When people start regaining weight, we want to jump on that right away. Again, obesity is a chronic disease. I'm not curing it. I'm helping control it. Mm -hmm. um, just like high blood pressure is controlled with your medication, you don't get high blood pressure when you're on medication when you're continuing to work hard and treat your obesity, we can work on it. Uh, but there is weight regain. This is something that we need to continue to work on. But that's where Dr. Mew might come in and help out with medications. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is truly a multifactorial disease and sort of pinpointing why we're having weight regain, whether that's lifestyle modifications, whether that's related to mental health, whether that's related to some other um, organic cause. Um, medications can definitely be helpful. And then the other things we need to do, whether it's fine-tuning, nutrition, exercise, going to counseling. Um, so we definitely can tackle that as well. We're going to try to get another caller in. Uh, good morning. Can I have your first name, please? Alan. Alan. Okay, Alan, you're on. Please go ahead with, with our doctors. Go ahead. And the appropriate way or one of the appropriate ways to lose weight is count calories. And if so, um, what is the appropriate calorie amount per day? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's wow. a really, really good question. Um, Thanks, but Carol. the big, big answer to that is it's totally different for every patient. It really, <laughs> really is. A calorie deficit definitely can help you lose weight. Um, we talked a little bit about weight loss versus fat loss. And so it depends really on the person and their body composition, where they're carrying their weight, how much excess fat they have to lose, mm. um, you know, what their lean body mass looks at. Um, and then sort of what the end goal is. So it sort of is tailored to each person. Yeah, I usually tell my patients that you want to focus on protein. Yes, absolutely. Um, protein calories first. Mm -hmm. uh, eat those first. Keep yourself hydrated. Those are things that help keep you full throughout the day. So yep. you're not trying to get all snacky and mm -hmm. eat those snacky things. Right. Um, the other thing I tell patients that's really can be helpful is record every single darn thing you put in your mouth. Absolutely. Because then it keeps you honest. Definitely. <laughs> those three M&Ms, that sip of Mountain Dew, you know, or the whole pint of ice cream. It doesn't matter. The whole thing, everything you eat should be recorded. And, and and that's where honesty is always the best policy because the only person you're fooling is yourself, right? Absolutely. And, and a you're lot really of times, not fooling yourself. It's true. It's true. A lot of times people will look at their log and say, wow, I didn't realize that I was doing that. Um, it just makes you more cognizant of what you're eating and, and taking so in. How, how can our family help us? Uh, obviously, uh, obese people, you know, the husbands, wives, kids, grandkids, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what can the family do to be supportive here? Yeah. Aside from just being, hey, you're way too much. You know? <laughs> so it, it, it first First off, shaming people never helps. True. Right? It, it only makes people want to hide what they're eating. It only right. makes people want to just kind of go into a hole and never talk to anyone. And that doesn't help anyone at all. So what I typically tell 
patients is having a supportive family member is really helpful. That family member that's not going to be like, are you sure you don't want some more? Or are, are you sure you don't want to eat this piece of cake? Or, and, but also not on the other side, you don't want to start shaming them for things that they're eating. Um, so making sure that they're supporting you through your whole weight loss journey can be really helpful. Going to the gym, helping change what you're eating in general. <clears throat> There's actually a pretty interesting uh, phenomenon where patients who get bariatric surgery, their family tends to lose weight too. Because yep. everyone starts it's eating It's a family better. affair, yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for sharing the wealth, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody gets a little healthier. We have exactly two minutes left. So I want to give a minute to each of you uh, to tell us why what you're doing is so important and how people can contact you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would love it if you would call our office. Our phone number over on North Reserve uh, is 493-3120. And you can make an appointment um, to talk to me in more depth about you and who you are and what your goals are. Um, and I just, it's a truly a facet. Obesity affects so many people. We were talking roughly 30% of Montanans suffer with obesity. And it affects all facets of your life from what you can do physically with your family, from your risk of heart attack and stroke and other diseases, um, you know, to your mental health health. So it's really nice to to focus on all of it. And it's an investment in yourself. It is. It is. And just as a little um, FYI, we are hosting a health fair on January 20th. Um, So you can come on, you can see us at the Cancer Center at Community Medical Center. We'll be doing education, screenings, doing blood pressure checks, um, hands-only CPR, stress management. um, And then there's the discounted labs too. So we can check in on things we can't see like blood sugar and cholesterol. And I will be there. So I I'd love to meet you. Great. Dr. War's got a minute. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, obesity, I really love treating this disease. Uh, Patients do great, and I I think it's really awesome when I get to hear the different things that my patients are doing after they have their surgery and meet their goals. I am always happy to meet and talk to anyone. You don't necessarily have to be going through with surgery to talk to me. I'm happy to give you information if you're just curious about it and want to know. So you can call our office. I'm over on Community Medical Center's campus, 406-728-0285. And I'm happy to talk to anyone who wants to chat. If you're, if we're, there are families listening right now with, with family members who are obese. What can they do to encourage but not criticize? Well, it's mostly if you know that your family member has a medical problem and they're not taking care of it, you'd want to, any, any type of medical problem, mm-hmm. they have bad diabetes, you're like, hey, maybe we should get this taken care of. Right. You want to encourage them from an aspect of it's a medical problem. Don't don't shame them because they look like they're big or something like that. No, this is a medical problem and you're, you care about them and you want them to live longer. Ladies, thank you so much for being with us. Megan, thank you for setting this up. You did a great job and I, I really appreciate you being uh, being willing to take these phone calls and answer all these questions. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You bet. It's our pleasure. Now, tomorrow, uh, Mayor Andrea Davis is going to be standing right where you are uh, for City Talk from 9 to 10. So uh, get out there and make it a great day. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 6.